CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you, as we always are, for about the next hour as we get together to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events through a biblical perspective. And again, if you've read your Bible, come across something you don't understand, someone's asked you a question, that's why we set this time aside, especially to answer questions for you. And so we just want to encourage you this morning, uh, afternoon, wherever you're listening to this, anywhere around the world on the internet, give us a call. 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. You can be part of the program today. Looking forward to talking to you as we always are. And so again, i uh, got some lines open. If you call right now, you're assured to get on. Joining me today, special guest, Greg Blanc from Calvary Chapel, Rapid City, South Dakota. Hi and welcome, Greg. Good to see you, Mike, and good to see the rest of you, Team Tima. Thank you for listening. Looking forward to uh, to answering some questions today, and and uh, and and gleaning from Pastor Mike as uh, as well. It's a Mike. There is every day there is something crazy going on that points to the soon return of the Lord. All the stuff that's continuing to go on in Israel, and it looks like. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like Ezekiel 38 could be at the corner, just around the corner at any moment. It seems like uh, with so even the United States pushing for the two-state solution and and the possibility of uh, of that maybe evolving into the the covenant that we read about in Daniel nine. It's an exciting time to be alive, but but more than anything, it's a time. As uh, we were uh, chatting about earlier, this is a time to not play with our relationships with the Lord. You need to choose a side. We need to choose a side. We need to choose that we're 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 just not going to compromise, regardless of what uh, what other people in the world or even in the Christian community are doing. We uh we are gonna we are gonna stand on the Word of God and let Jesus's Word be the absolute authority in our life. What do you think, Mike? Well, people say, how is God going to judge the world someday? You happen to have this very book in your hands if you have a Bible. That's how God's going to judge the world. You want to know how the millennial reign of Christ is going to be here on this earth? That's why you have your Bible. You see, it's all written down for you and me. So we'll know. Jesus says, henceforth, I'll no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know what his master's doing. I'm going to call you friends. You know what a blessing it is that God wants to reveal to us what his plan is. By the way, if you're in the Hilo area on the Big Island, south of Hilo at Sure Foundation, I'm going to be teaching the book of Revelation starting February 8th. Not this Thursday night, day after tomorrow, but a week from Thursday night, February 8th, 6 to 7 o'clock at Sure Foundation Church there south of Hilo, Hawaii, uh, there at Keao, Hawaii, and uh, you're invited to come. You can check it out a little bit more, Sure Foundation app. And, uh, of course, we just want to invite you and as many people as you want to come. It's all free, and it's going to be ongoing every 
Thursday night after that, uh, we're going to get through the book of, of Revelation, at least an overview of it, so you know why this generation is different than any other generation. You know, Jesus said this. He said, you can discern the face of the sky. How is it that you cannot discern the coming of the Son of Man? I think that's a really important question. And you know, when we really look that Jesus gave clues of when he was going to come the first time to be the Savior of the world. And the Bible also gives us clues when he's coming again to take the church home. And so this is why we're going to look at this, how we know this generation, biblically speaking, is different than any other generation, and why Jesus said, this generation will not pass till all things be fulfilled. Exciting times, and I just want to invite you again, February 8th, Sure Foundation Church, there on Highway 130, as you go from Hilo to uh, uh, Pahoa, uh, about halfway down the road there, you'll see it on the right-hand side, and uh, 6 to 7 o'clock, we're going to start February 8th on Thursday night and go from there. And so you're invited to come, bring a friend, it's free, I know you'll have a good time, and most of all, bring your Bible, you're going to use it. Think that's important. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Alicia on the line, Tacoma, Washington. Hi, welcome. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing there? Good. How may we help? Oh, very good. So yesterday you had already answered part of my question when you were saying that angels are uh they don't have a they're not male or female, they're just an angel. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, okay, so Satan is also a fallen angel, therefore you know, because whenever whenever we speak of Satan, we always say he, but he, I guess he's not a he, he's an it. it would, would that be correct? Well, the Bible refers to him as he, uh, and so I think it's safe to do that. Um, uh, uh, the Bible tells us that he moved David to number Israel. Uh, he is not capitalized. Um, but he is referred to as uh, of that, uh, not of that gender, but of that position, you might say. Your thoughts, Greg? You know, I, I really appreciate your question, Alicia, because it's come up before. It's it's something that people have pontificated on for a long time. But but biblically, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is given us the scriptures. He is always described in a male in a male form, not an it form. I understand what you're saying with, uh, with, uh, with being genderless, you know, angels and created beings and, and Lucifer being an anointed cherub, you know, uh, uh, I don't, you know, we normally think of, uh, angels, even fallen angels as, as spirit. And we know that there's none given, uh, uh, in marriage in heaven. And so we would we would say that that he is he is male. Um, quick quick sidebar, Alicia. I hope you find some humor in this. I've had uh, I've had some some very liberal people debate with me at times that uh, that God is female. You know, Mike, you've probably heard that kind of stuff. And and uh, and so they they really double down or triple down and say that God, you know, that that God is is female, even though I describe all the times that He's described as our father, not not as our mother. But then I go and I, I ask them. 
I go, well, if you think that, uh, if you think that God is male, um, does that, uh, uh, God is female, does that also mean that the devil is female? And you should watch their, they get, Banes will pop out of their heads and they get a little angry over it, but it's a good way to, uh, to bring a little fun into that conversation. What do you think, Pastor Mike? Well, again, this is why the Bible stands and, you know, may God be true, every man a liar. And this is what we find. And so when the Bible leaves it that way, Alicia, we have to leave it that way. Hope that helps. Now, you had another question. Yes, the uh, last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, when it reads, uh, I can't, I don't have it right in front of me, but it reads, you know, that Moses died, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, well, who wrote that? Well, that was a summary. Uh, the the first five books of, of the Bible um, uh, is attributed to Moses. Uh, and I believe that last part was just to bring a closure to that, your thoughts? No, I uh, I, I agree completely. Yeah, um, that's very that's a that's two great questions in a row, yeah. Alicia. Your pastor should be should be pleased uh, that you're listening to uh, to his teaching and uh, and yeah, because Moses, you know, like like Pastor Mike said, is attributed to uh, to writing those first five books, and uh, they could have. I, I presume that they could have been added by. Uh, uh, one of the, the Jewish scholars at some point after, uh, after his death, but it's still under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think I've, now that I think, I think I've looked that up before and it, some people, I'll have to look that up again, Alicia, and, uh, and maybe uh, we can answer that for you in the next day or two, or maybe even I can find it on, uh, in my notes, uh, later today. Pastor Mike? I hope that helps, and um, we'll give you a little bit more information on that prayerfully later on in the program, okay? Okay, very good. Stand in line, and we'll send you out uh, Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort, as well as Time to Grow, a little uh, book that I wrote to help new Christians as well as older Christians, and great for evangelism. And then the movie Jesus, based on the book of Luke. Uh, not a bunch of other crazy stuff that we see today oftentimes being passed off as the Bible or gospel. And then uh, another DVD called God of Wonders, which is really, really uh, a great DVD to show how God made everything. And if he made everything and everything works together, he made you, made all of us for his purpose and how we need to find out what that purpose is. So stay on line, Alicia. I'll get that out to you. And thanks so much. And we'll do our best to pick that up. On the other side of the break, hey Pastor Mike, I have a, I have a, I have a quick response. Uh, oh, looking do. at my, yeah, looking at my notes, you know, some people have uh, speculated that it was either uh, Samuel or Ezra, and and other people would even say uh, uh, Eliezer, the son of Aaron, uh, the priest, and. And we don't have a signature, so uh, so we don't know. Maybe you know, other people would say that it was probably Joshua, since he took the uh, the uh, the baton of leadership from Moses. So uh, could be any of any of those. Put it on the list to ask him when uh, when you get to heaven. <laughs> yeah, the Bible doesn't say for sure, and when no. it doesn't, we would be doing uh, the Word of God uh, an injustice to try to add to God's Word. So I hope that helps, Alicia. Very good. God bless you. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Julia, Illinois. Hi, and welcome. 
Hello, y'all. I thank you so much, first of all, for the show. I love it. I learned so much, and I'm just growing so much. And I I, I barely have questions because you're always answering stuff for through other questions. But anyway, <laughs> I have a question. Like, at my church, I go to an apostolic church, predominantly black. And every year, they have a black history program, and I just do not like it at all. Me and my daughter, last year, we didn't go to church that day. We went to Sunday school. We didn't go. We don't like that. Is that biblical to have that kind of stuff? You know, they... Is that biblical or is that, I mean, does that, that type of stuff belong in the church? Well, the, the problem is the Bible tells us to preach the word. Now, if we have a few current events that are relative to the word of God, to end times, I think that's okay. Certainly, as we look at all the circumstances going on globally right now, wars and rumors of wars everywhere, whether whether it's the the Houthis in the Red Sea, whether it's the Middle East with Israel, whether it's China versus Taiwan, North Korea versus South Korea, Russia threatening to nuke America because of Ukraine, you have these these problems globally. I believe that's okay. But to just single out something like that, whether Black History Month, White History Month, you know, how the light bulb is made, I, I don't believe any of that should be in church. I believe we need to keep what the Bible tells us, uh, Jesus first, Jesus and him crucified. All this other stuff is is secondary. It isn't going to do anything in eternity. And maybe there'll be a person that might attend that church on a Sunday, but rather than hearing God's Word, they hear uh, something else. And there's a lot of something else's out there. So I think we need to be very careful to, to keep the main thing the main thing and to keep Jesus Christ and Him crucified preached. I think that's so important in the days that we're in. Your thoughts, Greg? I would agree. I think that uh, I, th- I think it's fine if you're talking about, about Black history uh, in conjunction with church history. Well, I yeah, think, that'd be fine. I, I think that I think that would be great. I would teach that, you know, without without any problem. The the challenge is, and it's probably not. You know, you're probably in a in a in a healthy, well balanced, you know, Bible believing, Bible teaching church. Hope but so. I know, I know that uh, that some churches have leaned that way, and then they end up going down the Black Liberation theology route. Or, uh, or maybe even, uh, to the extreme of, of, uh, being in support of Black Lives Matter and that whole, that whole movement. And, and so I, I'm just grateful that there's not going to be any segregation in heaven. And, uh, I think a wise pastor will, uh, will, will, will encourage the, uh, the flock of God under his care now to, uh, to, to relatively be colorless because where does it stop you know um where does it stop you know you do do you teach a week on white you know white history do you teach a white on asian history or or filipino history it just it it doesn't stop so uh um that would be my that would might be my input there and a great question the bible says preach the word be instant in season and out of season and so i i believe this is what churches need to be doing. Hope that helps. Thank you. Yes, it does. Thank y'all. Now, Julia, stay in line. I want to send you some things. I think you'll really enjoy it. 
And again, uh, anybody that ever calls in and I send them things, we don't pass your name secretly along to other churches in the area to come badger you, or you get on our mailing list where every week you get a Begathon letter. We don't do that. The only reason I need your address is to send you these things. And um, I want to send you Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. We also have the movie Jesus, which I think you'll really enjoy based on the book of Luke. We have A God of Wonders, How God Made Everything, and What a Beautiful Creation God Has Made. It's not a talking head. It's actual footage. Looks like something National Geographic would have done. And a little book called Time to Grow, which is really great, not only for a new Christian, but also if you're shopping for a church, the key points to look for that are covered in that book. Does this church that you're potentially going to go to cover these topics? And so stay in line, Julia. I'll get that out to you. And again, great question. And if you need us again, we're here for you, okay? God bless you, dear. Let's go to Derek. Carson City, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi, guys. I had a question. Um, thank you for taking my call on uh, Christian getting a ta- getting tattoos. Like, is that a sin? Or I see some Christians do it. I see others. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are the best for us. And, and you know, one thing about tattoos is they're fairly permanent, extremely expensive and painful to remove. Um, I, I, I've always warned people about being trendy or Gucci or, you know, whatever, whatever the way the uh, wind is blowing in society to be, you know, to be cool. Uh, we need to be really careful because we know all of that changes. Uh, and, and so that's why I warn people, be very careful when you do something to your body that's permanent because it's very hard to undo. And sometimes, depending on what you've done, impossible. And so this is why I think, you know, personally, I tell people, I think God made you the way you are, I think he did a great job, and I don't think I can improve that much. So I, I just I just do that. Now, uh, is getting a tattoo a sin? Well, providing it isn't something profane or ungodly, something like that, not, not really. But on the other hand, again, is it the best for you? And so... I don't know. I, I, I don't have any tattoos. I'm not against anybody that does. I've got a lot of friends that have them. And, and, uh, you know, personally, I don't have time for the pain. I had a next door neighbor in Arizona named John and he was in the military and he had on his shoulder USN, United States Navy. And I, one time I was asking, I said, Oh, I see your tattoo. And he goes, Yeah, it was supposed to have an anchor underneath it. And he said, that was so painful. I said, stop, I'm not going to have any more. So I thought that was kind of funny. I haven't got time for the pain. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, you know, uh, no, it's 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 not a sin. But with that, uh, and just like with anything that uh, that might fall into the uh, the gray area, that not all things are uh, are beneficial, like uh, like what Mike said, is what's your motivation? behind it if you uh if you think that you know you're going to use it as uh as an avenue you know for your for your witnessing i i would i would always ask the question well well 
how many people do you know that have come to the Lord, you know, due to somebody's tattoo? Uh, like Mike said, you know, the, the tattoos are, uh, you know, they're permanent. And and biblically, biblically, we do read this. It's uh, This is Leviticus, if you want to write this down, Leviticus 19.28. It says, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. Uh, I, I, I don't think, you know, because obviously people... People at times were were tattooing their bodies as a uh, as a, a symbol of ownership to some to some false god or to please some false god and and uh, I know lots of people you know they, they they get cross tattoos or they get or they get scripture verses and and uh, uh, so Turtles. I, it, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and and I don't care I mean we got I would say probably. 25%, 35% of people at our church, you know, have tattoos. I don't, you know, I don't care. Some of them, the artwork looks pretty nice, and some of them looks like, you know, maybe I could have. I did know, it myself. I, oh, yeah, I did it myself. I could have, I could have done it. I just know that, uh, that sometimes that, uh, that butterfly on the bicep, um, you know, after a few years and, and gravity starts taking over, it looks more like a moth than a butterfly and nobody nobody really wants a moth on their arm. So uh so I I hope I hope that helps. Derek, what do you think? Yeah, what what was it? Somebody says, well somebody says, yeah, I'm gonna get a crown of thorns around my my you know around my muscle on my arm. Well it looks good now, but you know in in uh, Lord Terry's in forty years as your skin sags it's gonna look more like a picket fence. So Something to think about there. So, Derek, I hope that helps. Again, yeah. it's not a sin, but uh, you know, um, it, it it sometimes things are just not the best for us. Uh, and and if that's something that God is, you know, maybe causing a person to do to reach out to the biker biker gangs, hey, that's between them and God. I don't judge a person because of a tattoo or no tattoo. I all I can tell you is for me. I haven't got time for the pain. So, Derek, hope that helps. Thanks. Do you have time for a quick question, another quick one, or no? Sure. Fun. I heard a preacher preaching the other day. He said we have a quarter of heaven inside of us. I kind of didn't understand what he meant by that. A quarter of heaven? I have yeah, no idea. Kind of weird. I have no idea what he's talking about because heaven, and, and let me put it this way. The Bible says the Holy Spirit doesn't fill you a quarter. He says he will fill you up. So th that's, the, that's the power of God. I don't want to uh, have a quarter of the Holy Spirit in me and have three quarters of the devil. That, that ain't good. Um, also, heaven is so glorious and wonderful that, again, when we see that, I, I believe we're going to all be in awe. And so uh, to say that we have a quarter of heaven in us, there's nowhere in the scripture that says that. So a lot of people say a lot of things, um, and, and you just kind of sometimes have to listen and just go, oh, okay, but it's not in the Bible. I hope that helps. Thank you. Yes, it does. God bless you. Stay line. If you like Derek, send you out the package we send everyone. I think it's very good. I think you'll enjoy it. Great for your friends as well to witness to them. Let's go to Chris, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Uh, uh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, well, 
righty. Well, I, uh, I'm a Christian, you know, uh, I believe in Jesus Christ. So I've become a Christian. Um, and same thing with you guys. You guys believe in Jesus Christ. So you guys are Christians. Okay. I met uh, a couple of Jewish, uh, people and they are called Messianic Jews. So I'm like, okay, I thought in the Bible it says there is no more no Greek, nor Jew. We're all one under Christ, and we are Christians. No more of this separation. So I'm thinking if they're calling themselves that, I think they're not edifying the church because the church is supposed to be edified. It's supposed to be one. No separation, no nothing. We're all brothers. We are just one. We are Christians, Christ, I-A-N-S at the end, Christians, Christ, you know, followers of the, of the, of the Holy One, you know? So mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Greg, your thoughts? Well, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've run into some of these folks uh, as well, and uh, I think that some of them are true believers, and I think that uh, sometimes you can get uh you know those that are in the hyper you know maybe hebrew roots uh movement where uh, they will uh either say that it's mandatory or it's frowned on if uh, you do not uh, uh uh participate in all the festivals and all the hebrew um and yeah all the all the, all the jewish holidays you know so they they don't don't really see a whole lot of a lot of uh gospel outreach don't see a whole lot of evangelism they they often and i'm not saying that all of them do because there are some solid uh there's some solid rabbi you know christian rabbis out there that teach the word the same way that pastor mike would or or uh or i would or the other men that are on the on the station you know um but they can be a little degrading at times some of them can be a little degrading to the new testament and and uh just kind of a a lower christology uh view sometimes uh, even to the point of of uh of salvation by uh by works and and um so uh, i'm i'm with i'm with you chris uh, just i'm i'm a new creation in christ i'm a i'm a christian christian i'm not a you know i'm i'm not a i'm not a french christian or uh uh an irish or scotch irish christian or a hebrew christian or an american christian i'm a christian christian what do you think mike well, yeah, and, and at the same time, we understand the mindset is different. This is why we have the book of Romans, primarily the Gentiles, and the book of Hebrews, primarily directed to those who had, had a Judaism background. Hey, we're coming up on a break, everyone. We don't want you to go away. We're going to have a whole lot more coming up right after this. We'll be right back. Babies in their mother's womb could speak. What would they say? Did you know an unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks? By five weeks, you can hear their heartbeat on ultrasound. And that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. The heartbeat is the voice of the preborn. And you can share their voice in a big way. I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry. And it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. (laughs) 
Preborn is the nation's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives. Will you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves? To find out more about the life-saving work of Preborn, visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax-deductible, and Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Your love can save a life. You know, these days, so refreshing to get some good news about how to pay for health care, especially if you're 65 or older, you know just how brutal costs can be. Well, MediShare now has a new option for you. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. And it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. If you've got Medicare Parts A and B, MediShare 65+, plus fills in those gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too, because it starts at only $99 a month for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access, prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Just very worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is taking applications now. And if you call with the promo code SHARE before January 31st, your second month will be free. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. And we want to welcome you back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Tuesday afternoon with Greg Blanc. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And uh, we were speaking with Chris about Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And, well, aren't we all just Christians? Yes, we are. But again, this is one of the things that Paul addresses uh, in his many letters, is that sometimes people and the way they were raised hold on to certain traditions that they acquaint with godliness that really sometimes for an immature Christian has nothing to do with godliness. And so this is one of the reasons why I believe Paul makes allocation such as don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Now, if you're a Christian and you understand the idol that they're burning the incense to as they would dedicate this meat to their idol and then have it sold in the marketplace— If you realize that idol was just a chunk of wood, hey, I can eat that, and hey, it doesn't bother my conscience at all because they just did some goofy ritual, means nothing. I'm not superstitious. I don't believe in rabbit's foot and black cats and all that kind of stuff, nor do do I believe in gods that aren't real. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. However, if we're around somebody where they get stumbled that way, where they get around somebody that that believes that this is a, a, a evil to do, Paul says, I won't eat meat then. See, we have to be sensitive because a lot of times it's just immaturity in, in a person's life till they grow up and realize that our righteousness is not generated by ourselves, but it's what Christ has given us. He says, no good thing dwells in the flesh. There's none righteous, no, not one. There is nothing you or I do to generate righteousness. This is something that God gives us. And because I love him, because I keep the commandments of Christ, which are 
not the Ten Commandments, but what Jesus said, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. For upon these two, Jesus said, hang all the law and the prophets. So if I mature to that point where I realize this is the ethic that I live by, this is the way a Christian would live, I want to be careful that I don't offend somebody with the freedom that I have in Christ, because perhaps they've not matured to that level to realize that an idol is just a carved chunk of wood. It doesn't mean anything. And again, we as Christians are not superstitious. Nothing happens to you or I, once you're a Christian, without the permission of God. Remember, going back to the book of Job, the devil had to ask permission of God what he wanted to do to Job. And God only allowed it knowing that, first of all, Job would be victorious, and number two, that God would greatly reward Job for his faithfulness. I hope that answers that for you, Chris. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I, I hear you guys. You know how, how the way I also look at it, too, is like if there's a couple, a Jewish couple, and they had triplets, and they grow you know the triplets grow, and then eventually the mom she wants uh, she wants a girl because now she has three boys. Uh, you know, first time triplets. Okay, well eventually through Ill- illness or what have you, then she can't have any children anymore. So they go off and adopt uh, a baby girl. No telling, two, three years, whatever. But eventually they're young, and then the brothers are the big brothers. There's the little sister, and then they grow up to be teenagers, and and then. As they grow, and then eventually she finds out that she's adopted or what have you, then if she's out and about with gatherings, parties, and say, I'm a Messianic Gentile. And I think if she would keep this, you know, attitude, I feel it would break the family apart. It would break the brothers, uh, of course, the mom. She wanted a daughter so much. And then the dad as well. And he says, have I become a failure? You know, she's our daughter. Well, Chris, I believe this is, again, why. This is why Paul says we need to be sensitive to the upbringings of other people. All things are lawful, but not all things are the best for us. And I need to be careful of using my freedom in Christ as an offense to somebody else. You know, the, and, and it transcends more than just that. There are certain areas of the world as a missionary that you would go, um, uh, which I have. And there are certain things in certain cultures that you don't do. Not that it's a sin, but it's highly offensive to them in their culture. So we want to be very, very careful of those kinds of things. And prayerfully, and of course, in eternity forever with Christ, I believe all those things will have come to full fruition, full light, and there will be no more of this idea of Jew, Christian Jew, Christian Gentile, but that we all realize that Christ died for all of us. But this side of heaven, well, I think we're still going to wrestle with a lot of those things. So stay on the line, and I'll send you out a couple of DVDs. Again, Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, And um, Chris, I hope that helps. God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Don. In Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you, pastors, for taking my call. I don't know if this will have an answer to it, but Jesus uh, is one with God, or is 
God, omnipresent, omnipotent, uh, all-knowing, all-seeing, all, all, you know, with outside of time and space. What I'm confused is why does God the Father is the only one that knows that Jesus returned? How come Jesus doesn't know that or the Spirit doesn't know that? Well, Jesus said that at that particular time. Absolutely, he knows now. And you have to realize that when Jesus became a man, there were certain things that Jesus willingly gave up to be uh, a a fellow human like us as well. Fully God, fully man, 100% of both. But yet we have to realize that if Jesus had demonstrated his full godliness, there is no way in a hundred billion years they could have nailed Jesus to a cross. So very clearly, Jesus had to step back from his eternalness to become a man, and in that, certain things were veiled. And I believe this future thing concerning uh, no one knows the hour or the day. Now, As far as the second coming of Christ, we know exactly when it is. The Bible tells us when it is. It's it's uh, uh, three and a half years after the abomination which makes desolate that we find happens in the new temple in Jerusalem. This is when Jesus Christ's second coming is. As lightning flashes from the east, goes into the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth to rule and reign. However, the rapture of the church, which I believe Jesus was in referencing there, I believe that we don't know, and Jesus at that moment did not know. He, of course, he knows now. He's the one that's coming. And the Bible tells us that because he's coming to take his church home, we need to watch and be ready. Uh, Jesus said, I am coming as a thief. My reward is with me. Well, that's not describing the second coming of Christ when every eye will see him as lightning flashes from the east and goes into the west. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. No, Jesus is speaking about something different. And this is why I believe we find in Matthew chapter 24, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage, party time. Noah went into the ark we find a world judgment fell. I believe right now we find the rapture of the church and then a global judgment again, and I believe just as it was in the days of Noah. If you, When you read Revelation, you get towards the end of the book of Revelation, you see what the world condition is like. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, unless those days were shortened, there would be no flesh saved. In other words, the tribulation probably would have gone on longer, but because of the of the annihilation of human beings, two-thirds, almost two-thirds of the world's population has died. Um, this isn't eat, drink, and be merry. This is mere survival, a complete different scenario concerning the rapture of the church versus the second coming. Basically, in the second coming, Jesus comes back to this earth to stop man from completely annihilating himself. It's what it says, Matthew chapter 24. But also in Matthew 24, towards the first part of it, he talks about this time of party time in which um, Jesus said, That's what it's going to be like 
when I come. And I believe that speaking there of the rapture of the church. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think what uh, what you're talking about, Don, I know it's in uh, the Gospel of Mark, I think chapter 13, but here I just looked it up in Matthew uh, Matthew 24, verse 36. It says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And we read in uh, we read in Philippians two that uh, that the apostle Paul tells us that uh, that Jesus emptied himself. So there were times when he veiled his uh, his his omniscience. Uh, obviously, there were times when he when he veiled his omnipotence because if he hadn't veiled his omnipotence on the cross, he could have smote everybody, you know, right there, uh, right there on. Uh, on the spot. So, so in his carnation, uh, incarnation, he, uh, he voluntarily, there were times where he voluntarily veiled himself of, uh, knowledge. But like Pastor Mike said, you know, Jesus is, Jesus is God. So he knows exactly <laughs> when he's coming back. And, uh, and when he's coming back, uh, I, I just, I just can't wait. I pray that the, the bride would make herself ready. Pastor Mike? Yeah, and Jesus said he he knew when he's coming. He says, "Behold, I'm coming quickly." So he knows when he's coming back. But at the time when he said that, again, this was part of what Jesus gave up to become our savior. And again, do you really think that God that created the heavens and the earth, all that, if Jesus had not gave that up, there's any way they could have nailed him to a cross? No way. Again, it's I've been oftentimes said it isn't nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was love. And so I hope that helps. It sure does. Thank you. That cleared it up for me very much. Thank you. Don, God bless you. Stay in line. If you like the package, we send out to everyone. I think you'll really enjoy that. Great for your friends. Great for evangelism. Let's go to Amber, Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hi. Hi, pastors. <laughs> Hi. How, how many we have? Good. Oh, Oh, great, great. I'm glad to talk to you guys again. Um, I have this issue with vaping, and I have smoked since, actually, I told the person I spoke with just now, since it was I was 14. I'm now, um, it was actually 13. I'm now 48 years old, and I've walked very closely with the Lord for eight years. Yes, I've had some stumbles, but um, I'm... I'm battling condemnation with this and worried I'm going to be left behind. And I have a great Calvary Chapel pastor, and he he's wonderful. I just um, probably need to hear it from you guys too. That I'm I'm I just get so worried that um, I don't know, or that maybe I'll hinder somebody or. Or, or something, and it's really, maybe it's just selfish. I don't know. I don't want to be left here. I'm ready to meet him. And this weight of the worry, you know, it says um, um, set aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangles you and run with endurance the race that he has set before us. And I do that, but this guilt from the from this vaping, um, I smoked stopped that and went to vaping and it, it does it wears on me the worry and I don't know how I can grow in his grace and love if I'm constantly fearing over this and I really think it's the enemy but I just need um some confirmation from um 
you guys, if you... Well, Amber, first of all, be free in Jesus' name. You know, God can deliver us from anything, and I believe God wants to deliver you from 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 smoking. And and again, be free in Jesus' name. Um, and again, this is why uh, Jesus uh, uh, was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities, that we can be healed through him. And again, it is an addiction. I don't think it will keep you out of heaven, but I believe it's something that pulls you back or you wouldn't be calling today. So we have a great God that delivers all of us from things that we know that we don't want to do. And to some people say, boy, if that was the only sin I had in my life was vaping, I'd be dancing on a cloud. Well, the thing is, is that nevertheless, there's nothing more real and true than than an issue in our life that we want to be delivered from. So first of all, I believe it's when we seek the Lord as the woman who had an issue of blood said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I'd be healed. You need to be healed too. And again, I, I, I believe that, that again, a couple of things. Number one, if you do not buy it, you cannot smoke it. So I, I would step out in faith with that. Uh, again, uh, I, that's number one. Number two, God is the deliverer and he will deliver us. And that's my prayer for you is that God will deliver and we'll pray for you before you hang up that God will, will, will do that. Because again, I believe it is so important that, that you're free in Jesus name. Your thoughts, Greg. Amber, I, I just want to say thank you on behalf of all, all the listeners because you're being yes. honest and you're being yes. transparent and you're being so open. And I, I bet if, uh, if uh, all of our listeners could shout out a healthy amen right now, they would agree. There are probably things that uh, that many people listening to the program today need to need to let go of. It's uh, it's interesting timing. I had a I had a young man come up to me uh, before service uh, this last Sunday, and he said, "Greg, um, I, I'm just not hearing the Lord's voice. I'm not hearing the Lord's voice distinctly." And uh, this is a young guy, relatively new believer, but a guy who really wants to do what what uh, what the Lord wants. And so I so I asked him. I go, is is there something in your life that you know that the Lord has told you to let go of, and uh, and uh, and and maybe you have a, a difficult time letting go? And <laughs> he pulled out his vape pipe <laughs> right there, and uh, and I said, well, you know. Vaping is not the end of the world, but if the Lord has laid it on your heart, I trust that God is going to be able to heal you and that you're not, you know, that you're not a slave to it anymore in the big picture. And, and, and maybe, you know, possibly Ember, that's a, that's a nugget for you as well. The, the bigger nugget is uh, what we're promised in Romans 8. Romans 8 tells us, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but that's not where he stops. He he goes on to say, uh, to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Then you just need to have a little sit down with the Lord and uh, and say, Lord, is 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 this me giving into my flesh, or is this something that you're approving of? And and I think that you probably already know the answer, but either way. 
either way, the devil, the devil loves to condemn. So what I encourage people to do, don't give him any ammunition, you know, remove the fodder, you know, that he has to, to stuff his cannon of, uh, of attack against you. And, and, and so what do you think, Amber? Is it, is it possible that, uh, that, uh, that you could let go of vaping and see if that condemnation and that opportunity for him to condemn you is dissipated immediately? Is that a possibility? Yes, I can give that a shot. <laughs> yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, get some, you need a wing woman. You need a couple of wing women around you who will help you stay accountable and who will pray with you and laugh with you when you need to laugh and cry with you when you need to cry. But, uh, but I, I, I think that's probably why the Lord had you call in today. What do you think, Pastor Mike? Amen. And, and again, um, we want to pray for you right now, Amber, that God will deliver you. And then, you know, when you feel these crazy urges, I would just invite you to go read the book of Philippians until the urge goes away. And when you come to the last chapter of the book of Philippians, start over and read chapter one over again, because again, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so uh, the book of Philippians is one of the most encouraging books that I found in the New Testament. I mean, they're all great, Jesus dying, for, but as far as our victory in Christ— I think it's so important that you understand the authority that God has given you. And so, Father, may you just take Amber's addiction now in Jesus' name. For this reason, you died, and we ask you that you take it away from her. Help deliver her completely. And Lord, may you restore to her completely the joy of your salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amber, we'll be praying for you, dear. And again, step out in faith. If you do not buy it, you cannot smoke it. Step out in faith, dear, okay? Thank you so much, so much. Thank you. God bless you guys. Amber, yeah, call us, us back know. with the praise report. Yeah. Yes, amen. We want to know. And again, um, stay in line. I'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy. Let's go to Carol, Oklahoma City. Hi and welcome. Hi there. I, I just, oh my goodness, this, there's no coincidences with our father. I... Um, I, I was listening earlier, and I listened to Julia, and I just felt compelled by the this, by the spirit to call in and just tell her how much I love her because she is. We are all children of the, of the Creator, our Father in heaven, and He knows that we are all sinners, and that none of us, the only way we're getting to heaven is through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who who came to, to die for us on the cross, and it is because he came, because he loves us. And I just wanted to say to Julia that I've been in churches um, that are predominantly white, and I felt just as awkward as she did in her apostolic church. Um and I just wanted her to know that we're all children of God. And and I just wanted to tell her how much I love her for being so um, so strong in her in her walk with the Lord, and that she's listening to to our Father. And then I also wanted to say to Amber that it took um, I was in an addiction for many years, and it was just recently that um, that 
that God healed me of that addiction. And I, um, it was, it was the craziest thing. One night I, I had a dream that, um, almost kind of like, like Jacob, that I was wrestling with, um, with God. And the next morning I didn't have the desire to even, um, to even use that thing anymore. And it is completely gone from my life. So I just wanted to say there are no coincidences with coincidences with God and that I just love my sisters in Christ and I love you guys. And I just thank you for um, giving me this time to share this. They're all wonderful. Testimonies are always a wonderful thing because, you know, it shows that if God got you through it, he's going to get the rest of us through it as well because we have a great and mighty God. Stay in line, Carol. I'll send you out a couple books, a couple of DVDs, and I think we have time for one more question. Chuck in Oregon. God bless you, Carol. Chuck, how can we help? Oh, hi there. Hey, thank you guys so much. Um, not a real big question here, but it is a question. We finished up um, Colossians in this Bible study that my wife and I try to host, which blows me away. God would use us that way, but <laughs> it's amazing. And we were in verse 15 of Colossians 4, and it says, Give my greetings to the brothers and the sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Well, some folk, I was reading out of the NIV, and a bunch of us do. Some had uh, New King James, and it said the church in her house. I'm sorry, in her the church in his house. I didn't have an answer for that. Not that it's a big deal, but it's a curiosity. And then after that, real quick, if I can dovetail that, after this letter in verse 16 has been read to you, See that it is also read in the Church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. So not sure how what that meant exactly. If they had their own letter, they're going to read back. Or But anyway, those are the two questions that are kind of together, and I certainly appreciate, appreciate any help you could give me, as always. All right, Greg, we got about a minute. Your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm looking at it again, and I... Uh... Uh, don't, you know, I'd, I'd have to look up and see what, uh, what the Greek says if it's male, uh, or, uh, or if it's female. Pastor Mike? Yeah, and basing it upon the name as well. And I would say probably his is correct, uh, rather than her. Um, and of course, we know that in those days, the churches did communicate one to another through letters. Um, just as we today have pastors' conferences and we have um, uh, phone conversations, or to every man an answer, back in those days, they had a way of communicating what God was doing within the church. And so, again, as you find these letters being exchanged from one place to another, they were exhortative letters. Now, of course, sometimes the letters that Paul wrote were not only exhortative, but they were also corrective letters, such as the church, churches at Corinth, where First uh, and Second Corinthians was directed to. But the idea here is that they would communicate to each other. And again, I believe this is part of the body of Christ. But it does appear that the original language, it was his. I hope that helps. Chuck, stay online. We'll send you out the package we send everyone. Thanks so much, Greg, for being on. Look forward to being back with you again soon. And until then, may the Lord keep you in his love. God bless you. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 